This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Delighted to have you with me. It's Eric Erickson here this fine Friday, an hour from hitting golf balls and having a beer. Well, we may do an open container Friday here in a little while. We'll see. The phone number, if you want to be on the show today, 877-973-7425. Glad to have you with me. I I, I want to go off the beaten path. Got to go off the beaten path because I'm, you know, I occasionally get fascinated by other things. Get bored of talking politics and then the major headlines. And here I wish to talk about us. Well, us in a broader sense. Are we alone? So Ars Technica, a uh, tech and science website. Rush and I used to complain together about some of the content on the site, but we both would read it. But there's this story today. Silence. Complete unnerving silence. Despite decades of searching for any form of life, intelligent or otherwise, out there in the cosmos, the universe has but one message for us. No one is answering. But that solitude is not a curse. The great expanse of the empty heavens above us does not carry with it an impossible burden of loneliness It begets a freedom, a freedom to explore, to be curious, to wander, to expand. The universe is ours for the taking. According to physics legend in the 1950s, the great scientist Enrico Fermi put it bluntly during a casual conversation with a friend, where is everybody? The logic behind the question is simple. Modern cosmology is built on the Copernican principle, or what I call the principle of we're not special. The Milky Way is an average run-of-the-mill galaxy, one of hundreds of billions, if not trillions, in the observable volume of the cosmos. Our sun is about as average as you can get for a star, middle-aged and middle-sized. The Earth, okay, it's somewhat special. There's liquid water on the surface and a nice but not too chokingly thick atmosphere. Other worlds in the solar system boast liquid water too, but it's underground. And water is the most abundant chemical compound in the entire universe, so we shouldn't be surprised that it gets to be liquid here and there. And even given that the earth is pretty good, we're not that special. There's nothing that's obviously triumphantly remarkable about the earth. The appearance of life on it, the eventual evolution of intelligent life, it happens here, it can happen anywhere. And given the universe is creeping in on 14 billion years of age, life is bound to have risen elsewhere. But all those billions of years is more than enough time for some civilization to become extremely technically competent and send either themselves or their robotic emissaries throughout the galaxy, exploring, if not outright colonizing, every planet they wish. It's not like the Milky Way is that big. It's just 100,000 light years across. So billions of years is plenty of time for someone to explore every little nook and cranny, even if they have to do it slowly. Given these assumptions... 
Evidence for alien civilization should be obvious and manifest. So where is everybody? You know, it is a fascinating question. So I love to look at the stars. I got a great big telescope at my house. It's an eight inch telescope. If you follow me on Instagram, occasionally you'll see I'm putting pictures up of far off galaxies or star clusters, planets, nebula. I love the Orion Nebula. The Orion Nebula, you can see with your naked eye, uh, particularly in a dark place, the center of the Milky Way, go to a very dark place you can. In two weeks, I'm taking my family to Sedona, Arizona. It's considered dark sky territory. It is so dark at night with a naked eye, you can see the Orion Nebula. You can see the center of the Milky Way. You can see the vast array of the heavens. You know, it's something those of you who live in urban areas can't appreciate. you got to go out into the country. And when you're out in the country, the amount of stars you can see is just infinite. When I was a kid, we would go camping in the deserts of the Middle East, well away from cities. The entirety of the sky from horizon to horizon, pitch black. No terrestrial light sources. And the amount of things you can see, it's just, it, it, it boggles your mind. How common in the dark sky a shooting star is. The ability even to see satellites racing around our earth, you can see them with the naked eye, you can see the satellites. What you can't see is any sign of anyone else Anywhere in the universe, no little green men, nothing. And yet we keep looking. We are not, scientists will tell you, very special. We are specks of dust on a larger speck of dust orbiting a ball of plasma, itself orbiting a black hole at the center of the Milky Way, the Milky Way orbiting God knows what, one day will collide with the Andromeda galaxy billions of years from now. We're not that special, they tell us, except we kind of are, aren't we? Because there's nothing like us anywhere that we know of. We just assume the galaxy is so big and the universe so much bigger than the galaxy. The galaxy is just a speck of dust in an otherwise massive, massive array. We, we, we are almost, with the Jim Webb telescope, almost able to see the edges of the known universe all the way back to the Big Bang. And yet there's nothing like us anywhere. There is no one anywhere like us. If tomorrow we were to all die, no one anywhere would ever have any knowledge of us except our Creator. It's kind of a big deal, isn't it? So you know the you know the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. There was a a space, and this is one of the most um, game changing photographs taken of all time. There is a space that space that dark space in the Big Dipper, in between uh, where where the actual bowl of the Big Dipper is, and it's just a black space. You don't see any stars there. And so they pointed the Hubble telescope 
after the Hubble telescope was was in orbit and its lens had been fixed famously, they put the Hubble telescope up and it was out of focus. They had to do remedial repair with the space shuttle on it. They fixed it and they pointed it to that black empty space in the middle of the Big Dipper because there's nothing there. And they just wanted to see, will Hubble see anything so faint? And what the Hubble telescope saw was galaxies. Not just a couple of galaxies. Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of galaxies strung together like a chain. Galaxies. Each of those galaxies in a trillion stars. Those trillion stars, probably a billion planets orbiting them. And yet, doesn't really matter. There's this thing called the speed of light. Light is the fastest thing in the universe. One cannot go faster than light. Now, there are theories like Star Trek is premised on actually a legitimate theory. Uh, Star Trek is premised on warp. Uh, so we have something called space-time. Gravity bends space and time. And if you can create an engine that can pull in the edges of space, I mean, just put yourself a little dot on the center of a piece of paper and now fold the edges up, suddenly you're very close to those edges. That That's a warp in, in, in space-time. And there's this theory that you can create a warp drive, so to speak, or a, a wormhole where you could tunnel through space and time and get someplace else fast. But we don't have the technology. We don't have the power. We don't have the availability. So does it even matter? The furthest human things away from humanity now are the Voyager 1 and 2 spacecraft. They were launched in the 1970s. They are now outside our solar system. Right on the edge. I think Voyager 2 is right on the edge of the solar system. There's something called the heliopause. The uh, power of the sun pushes only so far and it begins to fade and then it stops and you're in what's called deep space where the dust particles and the light blown by the stellar array of the sun no longer move beyond. And Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 have punched through it, now into deep space. And we have things we can learn, but what we're learning is we are alone. Alone. And even if we were to meet, you know, the galaxies, they're flying apart from each other. So the stars in the sky we see today over time will see less and less. The sky will get darker and darker over time as everything moves apart from each other. Something that for a long time scientists didn't think was happening. Scientists thought the whole thing was collapsing in on itself actually continued to expand. And we don't know what it's expanding into. That's the other fascinating part of this is we have no idea what it's all expanding into. But what we do know is that galaxies move further and further away from each other. We're less and less likely to even be able to find life in other galaxies, let alone our galaxy, as our galaxy over time will stretch out in proportion to itself and be harder and harder to navigate. And even then, if you were to travel at the speed of light to the middle of the galaxy and come back, time on Earth would have sped up so much because of the theory of relativity. I mean, none of us today will ever know. And yet there are a lot of people out there in search for life elsewhere. A lot of money spent in search for life elsewhere. A lot of people looking for radio signals. The radio signals we find are naturally occurring phenomena. 
sometimes we get very excited. In fact, there's a theory now from some of the great pessimists out there that maybe what happens is there's a natural evolutionary cycle of creative genius in the universe that eventually you get to the point where you're so smart, you wipe each other out, you create artificial intelligence, you all die. It is always kind of funny to me, the people who don't believe in a God believe we're going to wipe each other out so efficiently. There's just nothing out there. There's no one out there. There are no little green men out there, but there's this. One, one, one more thing here before I let this go and move on to something else. That also does make us much more special. We are unique. We're not an endangered species per se, but we are a single planet of sentient beings in a limitless universe. Why? Now, it could be that in the vast array of the universe, there are others, but we'll never meet them. We'll never know. We'll never have knowledge. It's all theory. What we know for certain is we've never met them. We do not know the existence of anyone else. That should make us more special. That should make our planet more special. That should make our ideas of the uniqueness of mankind more special. And that should cause us actually to be more curious about ourselves than out there. We should be willing to do better and be better to each other because we are unique in the universe. And to the extent that the scientists get all worked up about maybe we'll find little green men or whatnot, you're missing the aliens, the people next door to you. And that's kind of cool when you think about it. It really is all of us on this rock of rock and melted rock and water hurtling around a giant ball of plasma, which itself is hurtling around a black hole and we are unique and alone should make you value every other person on this planet even more. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, Open Line Friday, 877-973-7425. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. Uh, just a little thought here. The FDI has been kind of dirty for 60, 60 years anyway. If you recall, J, uh, J. Edgar Hoover had supposedly had dossiers on every person in Washington that counted. That'd be JFK, uh, LBJ, and most likely many of the Republicans. So getting rid of those guys is kind of tough. That's all that, I have you know, to say today. Look, that, that's a good point, John. You're right. I mean, Hoover was, was feared in Washington, D.C., because he kept dossiers on everyone, uh, abused the FBI when he wasn't out there cross-dressing, I guess. Uh, Hoover was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover, the, the first major FBI director, and he really did keep all sorts of information about all sorts of people in Washington and beyond. And no shame about it either. It was pretty upfront. It was kind of... Um, a, a remarkable thing. They've, they've, the organization has always had issues. Um, there's some breaking news I've got to get to here. It is just hitting the wires. Republicans are announcing today that they have hit pause on debt ceiling talks. Uh, Garrett Graves from Louisiana, one of uh, Kevin McCarthy's deputies handling the negotiations, uh, says that um, they, they've kind of hit a snag and they're pressing pause on their talks. He says it's just not productive. In a statement, he was joined by Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. A White House official acknowledges that a snag has occurred without indicating that either side has walked away from the table. 
There are real differences between the parties on budget issues and talks will be difficult. The president's team is working hard towards a reasonable bipartisan solution that can pass the House and the Senate. It's unclear when Graves and his fellow Republican negotiators will resume talks, which were originally expected to continue throughout the weekend. The White House's negotiators include Budget Chief Shalanda Young, Congressional Liaison uh, Louisa Terrell, and Top Advisor Steve Reschetti. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell promptly tweeted back up for the House GOP, saying it's past time for the White House to get serious. Time is of the essence. Uh, the market is reacting to this. The Dow has fallen 123 points. The reality is the 14th Amendment is not going to be an option. The reason the 14th Amendment won't be an option goes to what uh, Judge Michael McConnell pointed out the other day. The markets will react destructively if this were to happen because the markets understand instinctively that it's a really bad idea and it would be considered unconstitutional and thrown out by a court. So no bond investors are going to invest in bonds uh, when they aren't backed by the full faith and credit of, of the United States because the Congress has not approved the expansion of the bonds. You know, if you hit the debt limit, all it means is that the president can't take out more debt. He can still spend money, but all the money has to be spent to lower the debt. So every dollar that comes into the government has to go to debt service. You can't add more debt to the government. You can still spend money, but you've got to pay the debt first. We are now the third most indebted nation in the Western world. It, Italy has... Italy is more indebted than us, and I forget the other country more indebted than us in the West, but it's not good that we have that much debt. It is economically destabilizing, and it's going to throw us into a period of stagflation. We've got to do something. We've got to make cuts. Tough decisions must come, and the Biden administration doesn't want to make those tough decisions. They're refusing to make cuts, so the GOP is walking away from the table. We may have this fiscal crisis yet. The Dow is now plunging because of this. The only group of people in Washington who have raised the debt ceiling are House Republicans. The Senate Democrats have not even brought something to a vote. Joe Biden does not have a plan. The only plan is the House Republican plan. They might as well go along with it and raise the debt ceiling and make some spinning cuts. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Open line Friday. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the show, hold hold the phone calls real quick because I got to play you this audio. I'm not going to play. It's a lengthy audio, but, but I'm not going to play it all. Here's the deal. I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. The State Department has started requiring pronouns in email signatures, and they're generated automatically in the from line. And the problem is that they're not getting them right. The men are getting female pronouns and vice versa. This is Matt Lee from the Associated Press. Your, uh, have you gotten any emails from any of your colleagues uh, in the last, you know, before you came out here, obviously not while you've been at the podium, but since about noon or so? Uh, I, 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 why don't you get to your question? Okay. And then, <laughs> have you? Have you? What's your do you, question? Do you, do, you, do you have? Are you able to look at them right now? My email? Yeah. I'm not going to pull up my email from the post. No, no, no. You don't need to yeah. show it to me. Yeah. I want to notice. I, I, I want to know if you've noticed anything different in the from line where it gives the sender. 
Matt, this would be a lot better if you would just All ask right, us I'll what your question I've, was. I've, well, I mean, you, so you haven't noticed anything? No. Okay, so within the last hour and a half, two hours, the State Department's internal email system, and I've tested this, so okay. I know that it's true, has added pronouns to people's, uh, not their signature, but to their uh, where, where you know where it says from. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it will say him, he, his, or her, you know, yeah. or she, hers. Um, <clears throat> why? Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is something that has been just ar arbitrarily imposed. And I, you know, understand that people could have their pronouns attached if they wanted them to a signature before. But this is not something that anyone has a choice about. And so I'm just wondering why and who, who made this decision. Well, Matt, I um, have not seen this uh, phenomenon for myself. Okay, well, I have, uh, and I'll show it to you. And is it you. just, so let me, to ask you a question, is it just for uh, internal State Department? Uh, Obviously not, because out? I tested it. So I got, when, I got an you email send from an email? someone in this building, and, 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 and whereas before it did not have any of these pronouns attached to the uh, sender's name, it now does. And I've also been told from other people that's, that that many of them, or at least, well, when you send it, does it does it have the the? I'll show it to okay. you in a second. Well, I what I will say, just if you say, don't know anything about this, then that that's fine. Yeah. Can you look into it? I, I'd like I'm to happy. Know why, I'm happy to look into it. Why I will this just... would not be an optional thing for people to do? But the problem is, is that a lot of them, or at least some of them, so far, as far as I've been able to tell, are wrong. They're giving the wrong. Pronouns. I, again, so men not, are being identified as women and women as I've, men, and this has nothing to do with whatever transgender I have or not any, seen, any anything like that. What, but, but it's ridiculous. This this phenomenon has not made its way to my outlook, but I, I will. Well, I'm happy to check I've on just this for you. you about it. So uh, can you, broadly, can, though, can you get Matt. Broadly, though, out? Matt. Of course, uh, the ability um, for individuals to. I don't have a problem to, with doing it, it and if people want to have their. Okay. Point, their whatever pronoun on attached it is fine, but it should be a choice, right? Not not something that is the the, the, the State Department imposes on Th people, especially you, if it's wrong. I will look into this. I'm not aware. Uh, thanks, everybody. Okay, so let's just acknowledge one. I've just played for you a three minute, one second clip that is largely pointless, but also it does make it. The State Department is forcing this on its employees and assigning them a gender that may not actually be right. As the guy from Matt Lee from the Associate Press reports, multiple men have female pronouns in the from, not, not even like the signature, but the from. You know how you get an email and it says from uh, someone, uh, from Eric Erickson, and it'll be from Eric Erickson, he, him, or, or Zer or they, them, or whatever. I mean, we're all at war with the English language these days. Uh-huh. F you or even pronouns. <laughs> but I mean, even the Associated Press were like, this is really stupid. Why are you forcing this on people? Brought to you by the same State Department that hoisted the rainbow flag in Afghanistan. Said that'll teach the Taliban a lesson. Oh my gosh, these people. What a they are not serious people. The adults are not in charge. It is the woke kids that are in charge. This is their big improvement at the State Department is, is no major diplomatic gains. We, we got dead Americans in Nigeria for reasons unknown and a terrorist attack. But, hey, we knew their pronouns. We're just not sure if they were right. Back to the phones. James, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hello. Hi. 
Yeah, um, I had a uh, thought about Kamala. Um, uh, you know, you, we, we see these videos with her word salads, and, you know, after the first one is funny, the second one's funny. You know, after you see four or five, you start to wondering, you know, if it's intentional. And uh, I recently saw a video of her in a congressional hearing where she was, you know, came across, you know, quite, quite well, quite intelligent, spoke rather well. And so, you know, if they're doing this stuff on purpose, I'm just wondering what what is the reason that they're wanting her to look like an idiot? <laughs> um, you know, the the scary, sad, true part of this is that they don't want her to look like an idiot. She just is an idiot. Uh, and and this is why we are where we are with Kamala. She is she's not good at this. She's she's dimwitted. And she was an affirmative action pick for Biden. He wanted a black female because he won South Carolina with the help of black women, wanted to award them. So he picked one of the least likable black women in all of America, one of the least likable women, one of the least likable politicians, male or female in America. Oh, come on. You know, I've got to play it now. And now Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Charlie put that together on a whim, and it's just it's it's so good. Um, she's just not good at this. She she's genuinely not good at this. It just yeah uh, yeah Charlie. <laughs> we will we'll play it at your funeral. <laughs> That's what he wants to be known for. All right, one more. I haven't played this one in quite a while. And now deep thoughts by Kamala Harris. And as always, Wakanda forever. That was Deep Thoughts <laughs> by Kamala Harris. Oh, that woman. Oh, she's just the gift that keeps on giving. You know, they're actually, so they're they're doing a big fundraiser for Kamala Harris in New York. Anna Wintour from Vogue Magazine is, is headlining this. And uh, I read they weren't having the press there. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to minimize Kamala Harris's exposure with the press. They're doing this dance where they're bringing in pool reporters to follow her around and write up what she does, but not give access because they're trying to find a way to keep Harris visible without Harris opening her mouth for the public because every time she opens her mouth to the public, it turns into a disaster. All right, now I got I to gotta tell you about the story because this one, it, it's... One of the things that the left is doing, it's like with the pronoun thing at the State Department and all, is the the left has decided to play an experts game. They've captured all of these institutions of experts, and now they demand that you listen to the experts in the institutions they've captured. And they've purged from the institutions credible people and put up their ideologues. 
One of those institutions is Scientific American, the magazine. I read this magazine when I was a kid because I was a nerd. Scientific American has an editor, Laura Helmuth. Laura Helmuth is a progressive advocate of trans ideology. There is a study that is out. And the study is about sparrows. Sparrows, uh, white-throated sparrows, Zonotrachea albicollis is their scientific species. They engage in polymorphism. Polymorphism is where there are two distinct species, subspecies of male and two distinct subspecies of female. And they're known by their crowns. One of these sparrows has a tan crown stripe on their head. The other has a white crown stripe on their head. They're still male and female. It's just that they have, one has a white stripe and one has a tan stripe on their head. And based on their stripes, they have different uh, relations. So for example, um, the the uh, white striped one is uh, more nurturing than the tan striped one. And what they have found is that when there's a white striped female sparrow, she tends to mate more with the tan-striped male sparrows, and the tan-striped female sparrows tend to mate more with the white-striped male. This doesn't mean they're not there are four different genders. It just means that there are two genders, male and female, but they present themselves in two different pairs. So you can have a white-striped male or a tan-striped male. They're both male, but they behave differently and they court differently, but they're still male. Nonetheless, the editor of Scientific America has put out this tweet. White-throated sparrows have four chromosomally distinct sexes that pair up in fascinating ways. P.S. Nature is amazing. P.P.S. Sex is not binary. Yes, actually it is. This is the editor of Scientific America claiming that sex is not binary because the sparrows present in male-female pairs of differently, differing ways uh, they mate. So the female types are white-striped females and tan-striped females. The male types are white-striped males and tan-striped males. They're all either male or female. It's just the stripe on their head is different and they behave differently. And she's blocking anyone, including scientists, including scientists who point out she got it wrong. She's she's blocking them on Twitter. She doesn't care about the truth. And so we're supposed to believe her at Scientific America as the editor because she's supposedly an expert and she's getting the basics wrong. Like you can read, I can read, you can read the studies. They're not hard to read. And they all make the very clear case that there are only two sexes. Each sex though just has different morph, different forms, white stripe or tan stripe. Her tweet is wrong. She's being told that she's wrong. And instead of deleting her tweet, she's blocking people who correct her. That's ideology. That's not science at Scientific America. She's nosediving this institution into the ground. It's no longer a credible place, and yet 
The left says, these are the experts. We must listen to the experts. Not when you've hijacked the institution and fired all the legitimate experts, put the crazy people in charge. That's what you've done. You've put the inmates in charge of the asylum and said, let's go ask the shrink. Well, the shrink is the crazy person. The left, you got to give it to them. They've been very good at this. But also, they're starting to be exposed for just how childlike and stupid they actually are. And that's going to cause all sorts of problems for them. How many problems it will cause for the rest of us is to be seen. Now, let's talk about your computer problems. You're buying a computer for your family, and you're worried about viruses. You're worried about updates. You're worried about incompatibilities. You're worried about getting email set up. You're worried about getting your printer set up. You can't afford an IT person, but you can afford Vision Computers. They can build the computer for you. They spend time with you. I've gone through this process with my kid. This is why I'm doing this, because I loved it. Sat down with me. They said, what does he want? Uh, talked about the GPU and the process of the CPU. Talked about his look, because they can design the outside of it to look just so. Reasonably, reasonably priced, custom-built PC that's going to last us through the rest of his high school years, get him into college, and we'll be able to upgrade it. And when we have a problem, we'll be able to call their tech support because they answer the phone within about 15 seconds. Now, let's take this to your business. You can't afford an IT person for your business, but you need computers for all of your employees. Vision can not only build you the computers you need, design them to be upgradable so you don't have to keep buying new computers, just as parts get outmoded, swap them out, and they can handle your tech support. So you call them within 15 seconds, your employee who's embarrassed because they forgot to plug the computer in, calls them and, and they can run through the process of why isn't your computer turning on? Have you plugged it in? And they're not going to get like bamboozled by an IT guy shaming them for the rest of their lives. It's great. Your employees can call, you can call, you can take care of email, printer, compatibilities. In many cases, they can remote in to help you with your computer. You don't have to even bring it in. And if you call them at 404 Compute, you get the Eric Erickson special. So check them out. Visioncomputers.com is their website. Or call them at 404 Compute and ask about the Eric Erickson special. Not even on their website. They'll get you a great deal, and you get their their you get their tech support. And listen, if you don't have Vision, but you got a PC and you need help, for a low annual fee, Vision will become your tech support person and fix your computer for you. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to end where I began, although I'll try not to have e emotions here. Um, and it, not about my family, but Tim Keller has died. Uh, Tim Keller is a man I got to know through criticism. A man I criticized uh, some of the things that I was led to believe he had said and wrote um, probably in a less charitable way than I should. And a lot of us have this story. And then started reading what he actually wrote. And like, wait a second, I got this wrong. He didn't get it wrong. I got it wrong and, and had to write. And he reached out through a mutual friend and we struck up a, a correspondence, we texted, we chatted, we had some fantastic conversations over the years. Um, did not know him well, but I would consider him a, a friendly acquaintance, if, if not mildly a friend. Uh, we would check on each other as he battled with pancreatic cancer. He would check on my wife uh, to see how she was. And he was just a, a wonderful person who gave his time uh, to me and to others and offered great advice and counseling about pursuing my degree in seminary and classes I should take and things I should consider. 
and was very generous with his time. You know, so I did this interview with him, and we actually had an hour conversation. I, I've made it available. Uh, if you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the podcast. We pushed it down to the podcast. We also, um, I also put it up on Substack. You can get it there, too. So if you get my daily email, you you, you got it. But um, we spent an hour he, he, he had given me 15 minutes of his time. The actual conversation for air wound up being almost 30 minutes. But there was 30 minutes in there that uh, the recorder was not off. And we were just, we were chatting about mutual friends, uh, encouraging me and my studies, uh, me talking to him about his family. I wanted to interview him and his wife, Kathy, one time about raising kids. And they were like, nope, that is the one area you will never hear Tim Keller talk about. He will not preach on raising families. He said, by the grace of God, their kids turned out fine. Uh, and it wasn't him. It was all God because uh, their kids went through some rough patches and they turned out great. And they have friends who did everything you're supposed to do for kids. And their kids went off the reservation. And it just became this area where he and his wife refused to talk about parenting. Uh, it was it was a very interesting, interesting look into his thoughts on that. And I just appreciated his time. And I am sad today that he is dead. Um, but I'm also, I know he's where he wants to be. He wanted to go be with Jesus. That's what he told his kids yesterday. And he is today. So God bless him and prayers for his family. Talk to you all on Monday.